0: Commanders, and welcome to episode 56 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Station Commander Alan Stroud, and joining me in the Sidewinder this evening are the man so impressed and enthusiastic with the content for LaveCon 2015. He'll need his own special booklet of activities with a personalised map and someone to hold his hand. It's John Stabler. Good evening. Next, the commander, he needs to prepare himself for the general election and all those Nick Clegg impersonation gigs. It's Chris Jarvis! I I promise absolutely nothing. And next, we have the commander who would at least be competent in the rankings for Elite if you could get to Elite for Origami. It's Colin Ford! Thank you very much. Good evening, commanders. Finally, he's escaped the Vatman for another year. It's Commander Psycho Cow himself, Grant Wolcott. Good evening. <laughs> that wasn't bad for about four minutes. I, you know, no, I, I, no. I, you know, I, I did. I didn't have much time this evening to do the writing, and I just thought, well, you know, I, I know you guys so well, so I'm probably. going You gonna sounded be to come positively up. excited, Alan. Well, you know, I just kind of. I've got to get it all out there, all the excitement out there, right at the beginning, and then I can be grumpy, can I?
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. just to clarify, I, I am not on the run from the Vatman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you,
0: you say that.
1: <laughs> I have to,
0: that's just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what have we been up to this week? John, what have you been doing? Um,
2: well, I haven't been on for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've been working on my latest project, which is Wire Wars. Um I don't know, have I talked about it before on the podcast? I don't know if I have. Uh, but yeah, basically just doing lots of coding. Uh, it's almost finished or feature complete, as Frontier would call it. Um, <laughs> so I
0: mean, you've got to add half of the stuff to it yet, yes? <laughs> no, no, actually, it, it is
2: pretty much a game. But um, obviously different people have different opinions on how finished it is, no doubt. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I've been doing, really. That and, you know, real life.
0: Are you planning, with Wild Wars, are you planning on um, having a, a bit of a, a playtest and stuff? I know some of the guys here have obviously have had a go at it. Are you planning on a little bit more of an open playtest?
2: Um, well, yeah, I'm hoping to kind of um, uh, kidnap Karash and his stream for the evening, and perhaps we can have a kind of playtest on there and try and get as many people as involved as possible. It supports up to 32 players, so, you know, wow. that, should, that, that should support... I don't know how many people does he have listening to him these days.
0: Oh, only about six. Um, oh. So, Chris, <laughs> what have you been up to this week?
3: Uh, well, this week I've been mostly going to Elite Meet. I was there um, and working on uh, your audio drama. Frankly, oh, right. Um right. Okay. That's been that's pretty much been my week since last week.
0: Fantastic! I should be honoured. I mean, obviously the um, all the different uh, all the different parts that. Um, uh, that Toby's played in the uh, the recording, I guess, is uh, uh, something to, to go through and sort, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, I was editing a scene the other day, and I realised that um, Toby was both of the characters in the scene. And we'd recorded them on, on different days, but I was cutting it together thinking, oh yeah, this is basically just Toby talking to himself. <laughs> um, but that was fine, it sounded great, you know, the guy's such a legend. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was good fun. So the worst thing is, I've is going through and editing and realizing that there's characters that I've like missed missed recording. I mean, not big characters. We're talking about people that have like two lines, and you sort of look at it and you think, ah, oh, I've got to find some, you know, someone else to kind of record those lines. With. Um yeah, it's just <laughs> the interesting challenge with this number of characters.
0: And Colin, what have you been doing this week?
4: Well, like Chris, um, we met up down Elite Meat, and obviously, most of the the week I have been. Going cross-eyed, folding over little tiny pieces of paper. Uh, For any reason in particular? Or well, uh, well, we'll probably cover, cover come to it uh, in the Elite Meet, but I I ran my uh, Elite Miniatures uh, modification to the X-Wing game, the X-Wing rule, and, um, at Elite Meet. And in order to do that, you need to have little model ships, so origami is i am now a black belt at origami
0: <laughs> well you know we can we can mix all the different ranking systems for for all these uh these things if we like obviously <laughs> that means you get to wear pajamas and a belt and have a commander's helmet and fly a spaceship so you know that's it's kind of quite an image um quite a mix grant what have you been doing
1: well, um, I've been... I was down at Elite Meet this weekend, which is great. Um, it's been a fairly sort of long house reorganisation, getting in some nice new bookshelves to try and get the old book collection back out from all the cardboard boxes that they've been living in for the past eight months, and uh, get them back on display where they belong. So it's been a, a week of organising and fun, and you can't beat that. Well, for me, on uh, in terms
0: of stuff I've been up to... Uh, well, to start with, I'm going to hopefully fill up Summer Grant 's bookshelf in the next couple of days because tomorrow morning the last the last 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 physical copies of elite labor revolution that I had to send out the tantalum editions will go out in the post. Uh, one is going to Scotland, one's off to England, one's off to Japan, one's off to Australia. And one's off to, um, I, I think it's, I think it's Sweden, it might be Norway, Scandinavia somewhere. Anyway, so so yeah, so essentially, all five of them are disappearing off to, to different parts of the world, which will be absolutely, well, you know, incredible in terms of the fact that you know, when you think about it, that you know that the books have, have gone to such different places. Um, other than that, I've been reviewing a few uh, uh, a few science fiction books because uh, that's one of the things I do over on sfbook.com. I've been working on some stuff for my PhD, which is now we actually think that we're in a stage where we're going to have the first meet-up to see if I've passed the first hurdle, which is, is nice. It's called the MPhil upgrade, which um, will be very interesting. So I have a an examiner come in and talk to me about it. But we think we're basically there. We think we've basically got you know all the stuff and it. You know, it's it's mostly about Elite Dangerous, which is always very interesting. And, yeah, I think that's that's pretty... Oh, yes. No, there is one other thing. And I'm back writing Chaos Reborn, which is great. Finally, with teaching finished on Friday, I've been able to get back and actually do some writing on Chaos Reborn, which is brilliant. So, um, you know, continuing the story, uh, moving that on as to where we are. Uh, I'm in Chapter 25, so I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere around... I know forty chapters, something like that. So, yeah, very positive. All very good, and confirming th- confirming things for LateCon, But we'll we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Okay, so we're going to move on. Um, to start with, we've got to let everybody know about there are currently issues with the live radio Teamspeak server. Um, currently, it is. It's going offline a bit. It's intermittently offline. Online, uh, the service is being investigated. Hopefully, we'll have that back to normal fairly soon. So, apologies to anyone who's using the Live Radio uh, Teamspeak server. Um, we will try and sort that out as quickly as we can. It's not not our issue. It's obviously it's something with um, with Teamspeak, we believe. But uh, hopefully, that will get uh, get dealt with. And then after that, we're now going to move into development news, and we're going to talk through the bits and pieces. As to what we're we're going to do with development news now, as usual, as anybody knows, whenever I host, my playtime is absolutely minimal. So I have had a little bit of time on wings. I've got a little bit of time with Ben. Um, we flew around and blow up some 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 people uh, at Warzone or two. I've had a little bit of time with Chris. Uh, on Wings, but really not not enough time to talk about it in any detail. So I'm going to hand it over to the last name that I see appear on our show notes, which is John. John, what's going on with Wings update 1.206?
2: Well, the answer is not a, a lot in in the way of co- uh, content uh, from, from what I've seen. I mean, I haven't played it a great deal, but I just played it enough to to see you know um, to see if it does work on my PC. It's been crashing my PC. Um, but I'm not going to complain too much um because I got a feeling it's not the game um but yeah, it's mostly things like stability fixes, crash fixes um it's you know not added a lot since we had that massive amount of content in in the um in the wings update um that I'm aware of anyway I mean have have any of these issues
0: been affecting other people? uh it's not affected me because uh, I've not been able to play the update yet, Colin.
4: No, well, I'm 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 quite happy to report that uh, I haven't been hit by any issues as far as Wings is concerned, to do with technical. Anyway, I seem to be ambushed a lot by people in Wings, but that's about it. That's more a feature than a bug, anyway, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. It's, it's emergent <laughs> gameplay. <laughs>
0: Grant, anything that you've you've had as an issue in in terms of wings, or yeah. or have you noticed anything on uh, in terms of the upgate, update?
1: Well, I mean, wings has been uh, an, an interesting update, and I've been using it an awful lot in the recent couple of weeks, and um, certainly this week I spent a lot of time doing trading in wings, which is great, and it certainly seems to be the most profitable way to use wings. But we have hit issues of people in the wing dropping out of the instance, not being able to see them. Uh, we've had issues where you can't invite people into the wing. Um, some of the comm issues of the past where you've, you couldn't send a message to someone seem to have raised their head again. But when it seems to be that if you're in the same system, uh, whether or not you're in the same excuse the noise in the background whether or not you're in the same instance or not your comm seems to work when you're in the same area which is great and it seems to be the best way to instigate a wing is to text somebody first until it works then send them a wing invite and then it all seems to go quite smoothly but there's been we've had a couple of bugs where the wing share doesn't work and you have to then drop the wing, and then restart the wing, and then everything goes back to normal. So nothing that was causing it to be anything other than just a slight annoyance.
0: Okay, so um, it sounds like it's, it's kind of settled. I mean, we know that, um, obviously, it's a massive update from, from what we had previously, and people have, have received it very positively, um, so, I, I guess they, they've, they've got a fair amount to do to, to sort of look at the next thing and the other bits and pieces. Um, Chris, have you found anything with Wings um, with the, the latest update? I'm afraid I haven't had a chance to play it since the patch went out, because um, I think the
3: patch went out maybe last Friday or something. Uh, 25th maybe, so obviously having been at Elite Meet um, I have been into the game a little bit, uh, but I found myself on my own, my friends list was completely empty, and there were no players in the system I was in, so
0: <laughs> Perhaps we don't like you Maybe, maybe that's what it is <laughs> it, it could be you've, you've done something wrong um, So okay, so essentially we're <clears throat> we're hoping then that um, a couple of those patches will, will get sorted but I, I'm assuming with the focus being on uh, yeah, the next update with um, this thing that we've talked about a lot and Colin has the best theory on power play um, that, uh, that an awful lot of focus is going on towards that uh, but we have had quite a lot of stuff going on with players doing things with wings um, with uh, the overthrowing of governments. What's the, the latest situation I know we're obviously not doing a roving report down in Lu now but what is the latest situation of the um, the, the ability to dynamically affect the game.
4: Well, the upshot of it all is, and it, this was reported on GamesRadar as well, that um, it, they have actually successfully managed to move the loose system from a Federation member uh, to becoming an independent. And that was basically instigated by player action. And one thing that I've noticed since then is that um, a whole load of little groups have, have fired up everywhere trying to replicate this. One of which is actually happening in Leasty at the moment.
1: Oh, bless. That
0: will that be interesting. Are they led by the Beastie? Uh,
4: the Beastie from leasty I, I don't okay. know. But only do only long-time c- long
0: listeners will remember that won't they? <laughs> Never mind. Sorry,
4: sorry, Colin. Carry on. Yeah, the... Um, the code, I, I do know the organization the code, which we had in the conclave not too long not so long back, mm-hmm. they're trying to stop this. Uh but it does seem that uh, it, it might be successful unless commanders who want the Lee to stay with the alliance start taking action.
0: That's quite interesting. Obviously very near to home, so we're you know, we'll have to see what the ramifications of that. Are they are they trying to turn it federation independent or empire? Uh independent, I'm aware. Right, sure. I mean, I, I, I've seen a couple of players talking about trying to flip soul, which I thought was uh, was quite <laughs> interesting. Um, obviously, you could do it in a frying pan, but it's unlikely you're going to be able to do it in the game. And uh, and also talking about Alioth and, and trying to flip. But of course, in some of these places, I guess the all of the available um, different organizations that you could uh, give control of the system to, they're all... Basically, they're all of, of of one particular faction, aren't they? So for uh, there's any independent factions in Sol uh, or independence in Seoul's time.
4: Well, no, I'm not aware of Sol, but I definitely know in the Alliance, uh, in Alioth itself, there are, uh, I think there's one organization that has not uh, allied with the Alliance. And it's got that little influence. It's not going to get anywhere, to be honest. Oh, challenge.
0: <laughs> okay. Heard it here first. Colin Ford, top shift extraordinaire. Commander, late night phone booth says, (laughs) Alioth is not going to turn. No, I don't think it will. Okay, well, i leave it to you, listeners. See what you want to (laughs) do. Colin says it won't happen. Reverse psychology and everything. So we know that from this, that there is no dev update at this stage. Um, The reason for that is, obviously, uh, Michael has, has cited the fact that they're working on the the Mac beta and they're also working on Power Play. So we will will find out a little bit more about that as things go through. Um, I'm guessing then that essentially the Wings will probably go the same way of previous updates, whereby we're not going to get that many patches and fixes at this stage until they bring out the next one. What's the date that the next one's due? Anybody?
4: We don't have a date. Oh, do we not? No, no, later, we, do, we don't have it. a date. We do know that the... Um, are we uh, covering the Mac version later? Or,
0: uh, I don't think we are. I don't because think we it was it the, the,
4: the Mac version, the Mac beta, has been released to all alpha and beta players today.
0: Oh, right, okay.
4: Yes, and it does mean that we have a, an awful lot of very excited Mac fans. Well, you see,
0: you see, this is where I was saying, in that I, 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 you know, I'm rubbish at keeping up on the absolute up to the minute things. Because of course, I've got my MacBook. It means I can play it on the MacBook without having to boot camp in, which is going to be really, really good. So, um, what I will do is, yes, I'm rubbish. I didn't realise it was released today, but I will guarantee to listeners that I will go and test it. Um, so, not now, obviously, <laughs> middle of the show. I'm going to disappear off and. Do that, but um, what I'll do is I will go and test it, and I'll make sure that either I'll bring something back for next week, or I will bring something back for the week after, so that uh, we've got a bit of a report on the Mac stuff, and people can know what's going on.
4: I like
3: the sound uh, of Mac fans. For those that remember Roland Rat, it just made me think of Mac, Mac fans, fans.
0: <laughs> or, or or either that, either that, or people in Anoraks. You know, just just very strange. <laughs> um, you know, their their love of anything waterproof. Um so yeah, so essentially that uh, that means that as I said, there's there's not really an update to wings at this stage. Um I would assume that any of the, the, the additional patches they'll prol out with the next update. But we don't know when that's coming, so uh hold fire everyone and, and kinda well, don't hold fire, shoot each other as much as you want, but unless you're in a PVE group. Um but the the point there being is that you know it's gonna take to the point as, uh, as they get more time on that and they've they've worked out the initial stuff for the Mac release so it'd be interesting to see I mean uh what we don't know obviously I, I assume that the Mac release is is integrated so um ultimately I, I, I guess you know that it's, it's going to be in test first but yes. then after that it would be integrated so we'll be able to see Mac players playing against PC players that'd be an interesting thing to to see uh, and to, to note that you know that everyone's tying into the same game engine which would be uh fantastic and yeah, and obviously we'll see what um, what happens and, and what comes along. Um, what I should also say is that, and uh, you know, I'll test this, as I say, on my MacBook to, to find out, but um, I'm guessing that actually the performance issue, yeah, the performance won't be entirely very different because obviously the operating system isn't that crucial uh, dependent on what's there, but it could be that um, that it is. It could be that yeah, you know, the Mac runs faster with it um, with it in OS X as opposed to it being in um, in Windows. So,
4: yep, uh, I've got my Mac Mini all ready to tr- to give it a try. It's pretty low spec compared to to most Macs, but uh, if it works on that, it'll work on anything.
1: Yeah, and I think I've got a a nice MacBook Pro coming home from the repair shop this week, so I'm going to give it a a try on that, and that's reasonably high spec, so we can all give a nice. Cross-referenced uh, um, feedback on the Mac version next week, then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I've got I've got an it. Uh, mine's mine's a video editing MacBook, so it's a couple of years old, but uh, it's got eight gigs of RAM and uh, I think it's got an Nvidia graphics card in it, so should be should be all right. And it certainly played it um, when I was playing in uh, in alpha. I was playing mostly on the Mac, dual booted into um, into Windows. Because uh, it meant I could I could actually set it up downstairs rather than having to sit up here in the loft in the cold. Feel sorry for me. Okay, done. Um, so we'll move on. And uh, next thing is newsletter sixty eight. So looking down at that, we have, I believe, uh, a fair few things. So guys, take me through the newsletter. What uh, what impressed you?
4: <laughs> oh, silence. <laughs> Nothing. I was waiting for everybody else to jump in. I yeah,
1: don't
3: know. There, there's four of us, so guys okay. isn't particularly helpful. Okay, all right. Chris, take me through the new newsletter. Man, that means I've got to find it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I knew that happened. You, you did no, that no, no.
0: for yourself, you did. Yeah, you should
3: have <laughs> your mouth shut, Chris, to be honest. <laughs> I was in Elite! I didn't have the game open. I didn't have the notes open.
4: Well, uh, I must admit, the one thing that I did like the look of the, look in the in the newsletter is the new skins that are coming in. It looks mainly for the adder, which actually might make the adder actually attractive to me.
3: Well, it's an interesting point. I mean, we were talking about this at Elite Meet because they are just kind of plain colour skins. And if they could roll this out across all the ships, we would finally... Get an orange Sidewinder. And I have to say, if this, <laughs> if this skin pack doesn't come to the Sidewinder, the Frontier are basically trolling us now. I mean, really, they're just... I was on the uh, skin store the other day. I'd done Filter by Orange. And I think all the ships other than the Sidewinder have a really cool orange colour now, uh, except the Sidewinder, which has really shit orange skins.
0: So I've got a really cool orange Cobra, but it's not the orange Sidewinder. And we know that they have an orange skin, because we've seen it, We've seen it absolutely. Yeah. So why why can't we? <laughs> come on, come on. No, we the... know you. We we heard we heard certainly the feedback, and you know, and I'll, I'll only give away a tiny bit of some of the feedback that we have from Elite Meet. But the feedback we have from Elite Meet is that Frontier listened. So <laughs> come on. yeah, no, no, it's cool. You, you it's know cool. you want to. You, you I mean, know... the biggest.
3: The biggest bit of uh, feedback some, that I've seen from some people is to saying that the uh, the yellow adder skin kind of makes it look like Thunderbird Four, um, by which I'm assuming they mean Thunderbird Four in the terrible Jonathan Frakes movie, not in the series, because it, it doesn't look very much like the Thunderbird 2, Thunderbird Four in the series. Um,
0: yeah, no, so- I can see that. I can I can kind of see that. You could uh, you could almost see that in a Dire Straits video, couldn't you? <laughs> is, is it just me did, did only did only i see that okay fine fine only me that remembers that um yeah no i, I think i mean i think they look nice i think you know they're, they're obviously just color variants as as you said um the red one that looks a little bit like a bus uh which, which i think is quite, <laughs> quite funny um but one of the things that i have noticed and this is certainly with the the release of the camera um, and, you know, the, t- the ability to take more screenshots is and I think I said this a couple of weeks back that actually when some of those screenshots have come through, we've seen that, that there is this sort of shine that we're getting off of the ships now that really does make them look quite real you know, it's the reflection is actually starting to to really, you know, give them some some solidity, I'm almost thinking they look a bit like sort of matchbox cars and stuff, you know in, in terms of obviously they're bigger, you know, when you're in, in the game, but... Uh, They've got a bit of uh, a bit of solidity to them, based on that that little tiny bit of um, bit of glossy reflection. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Blade Runner and the Spinner, because the Spinner was um, uh, when they when they first designed the model for Blade Runner for the Spinner, which is the the police car. For those that don't don't know it, um, it was it was glossy, so it had all these reflective uh, reflective lights on it. Um, certainly, in the rest of the pictures of the newsletter, you don't quite see that. Um, in some of the others, you know, everything looks a little bit flat and matte. But I do like I do like it when um, when we've got that little bit of reflective gloss uh, on the uh, on the ships uh, in terms of what's there. Okay, what else have we got in the newsletter then? Uh, I will nominate John. Um, well, I mean, if you're asking
2: me what did I find interesting, I didn't really find any of it interesting. I mean, I, I hate the adder. Oh um, dear. So. Um, but I suppose the most interesting thing was that They were giving away some Nvidia Titan Black cards um, Which kind of Tempted me to, to go and play The game for a bit But mm-hmm. um, I'm not much of an explorer And I mean they, they could have placed I don't know where they were in the end But they could have placed them anywhere So um, you know the chances of finding
0: them Were quite slim but I think they've been, It's been found now hasn't it Grant, uh, you had the latest update on this and the the Titan Blacks. What uh, what's the situation with them? Yes,
1: all five Titan Blacks have been located. Um, there will be an announcement, we believe, at the end of the week. So probably in Friday's newsletter, where they'll announce the winners and reveal it all. Um, but I believe they were found in Langford Enterprise in seventeen Lyrae, and it's not quite as random as we'd think. But because it seems to be linked to. A member of staff at NVIDIA who has the surname of Langford now, uh, I lost the link in the information that gave me the exact person and I had a look and I could find someone called Nick Langford who's a senior development control plane engineer at NVIDIA but that might not be the particular person that it's been picked for <laughs> but that will do! Now, the other thing that was interesting was of course in the early days of the announcement of the Titan Black being out there, so, Plenty of people went and made claims that they had found them, and one particular commander was on Reddit, given it. I know where it is, and if you pay me in bitcoins, I'll tell you. Which is completely and utterly scandalous. Uh, the scurrilous role. Wow. Uh, and he was also he was telling a big pile of porkies too. So, <laughs> if anyone paid bitcoins to find the location for the Nvidia Titan Blacks, whoops. Oh
0: okay. dear. Oh, well, so you know, obviously all five have gone, but it does set a precedent in terms of what things could appear in game. Um, you know, we've we've obviously discussed a little bit about um, in game and out of how they they sort of um, tail into each other. It does suggest now that Frontier are are prepared to chuck uh, chuck a few things in there where they've got some tie-ins with uh, with other companies. So we might see might see future things going on. You know, it may not be Nvidia. It might be it might be something else. Um, so only, yes it could be interesting well,
2: The only um, I, I don't know how much fallout there was of this But obviously you could only find the cards uh, If you were playing in open Right I I don't know if there was a lot of people who were unhappy About that or the People who didn't play in open at all But still obviously wanted the chance to win a new graphics card um, right. I mean what do you guys think Do you think it was fair for them To only have it in open play
4: I think well, it was actually um, there's been a lot of complaints about people hiding in uh, solo play and milling simulation. I think in this case, um, I don't think people would have been busy trying to intercept other people and, and trying to grief them for the cargo. But uh, you never know with this lot, as I am discovering in lieu, or did discover in lieu, rather.
0: I think, I mean, it's it's a little tricky to try and manage the logistics of, of doing this in... Um uh in in group play i guess that you know that shouldn't be an issue because it's all coming off the same database and the information is off the same thing but um i also guess that you know that the risk is obviously is is a bit different in that regard does kind of make you think about what what was that that thing they they had a they have a material in eve where basically that that people would you know since you got some people would then go after you for it um does anyone remember that
4: I never played it EVE. Eve? <laughs> so,
0: was it Ben who played EVE a bit? Uh, um, well, oh, unfortunately... Yes. Foz had
4: played EVE, didn't
0: he? Yeah, unfortunately Ben and Foz are not here tonight, but I, I believe there is a material in EVE that um, that had something like it, but obviously not quite the same in-game, out-of-game sort of uh, uh, reward and, uh, uh, and stuff related to it. But it does it sets a precedent as the fact that Frontier may... They do these things with, with other things, so it might be quite interesting. I mean, do you think that's something that, that the players will want to see more of?
2: Oh, I think most definitely. They're going to love little competitions like that. I, I think a lot of people just enjoy you know, the thrill of the chase or the hunt or whatever. I, I don't think it needs to be a, like a, um, a high-valued prize, like a graphics card. It could be anything. I think people would just love the challenge of actually being the first person to find something. So I think there's a lot of scope for them to do stuff in the future.
0: Okay. Good thought. Um, the next thing we have in the newsletter was the 1% interview uh, and uh, the details about, um, you know, his, his, uh, his adventure, the way in which he, he, you know, he went about strategizing towards what he was he was doing. Um, certainly interesting to see another story by another commander looking at the way in which they play the game, really. Um, what did uh, I, you know, you're, you're you're telling me off for for just asking for anybody to come in on this? So, um, Grant, did you have a, a thought about this in terms of what um, what he described as his his methods and his strategy? Maybe not.
1: <laughs> well, I, I uh, what or are you talking about? The interview with. With 1%. Yeah, 1%. Uh, I don't know. I think he's obviously very dedicated to his cause. I didn't get a chance to go through his particular thing. I tend to find that the the newsletters, for me, are a lot of marketing, and I tend to skim them and go, yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) Which I know shouldn't really... I should get really deep and in-depth in it, but uh, I haven't had a chance to kind of go through uh, 1% interview. But judging by the award video that they did on YouTube, uh, you can see the amount of time that these people have put in. So whatever techniques they have, and in fact I was going through the forum thread where you could see the progress that 1% was making, and he kept reporting back in with updates and showing off how you know how he was progressing. It's quite clear that you know there was a serious effort on his half to, to win this run. It has to be well deserved because he got there.
0: Absolutely, no. I think that that's very interesting, and obviously, is something that uh, you know he's 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 managed to to achieve that, and and certainly the the way in which it was um, the way in which it was released with Frontier putting it to a video, letting David Braber make the announcement. Obviously, we're back to, to some of those days when uh, when we had the original newsletters and what have you, and uh, the little video newsletters where they are geared up for. So it was quite nice to you know, and he did his little bit of, um, I, I guess. It's kind of a little bit like um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You know, a little bit of a pause <laughs> and then reveal the name, uh, which I thought was quite funny. So, I mean, I think something that would be good, and we will put this out as a as an open um, invitation to any of the, the winners. If they'd like to come on to, to Live Radio, we can do either a recorded interview with them or we'd be happy to have them live on the show and, uh, and just chat to them about the experience. I think that probably would... Uh would be something people would be interested in, obviously, in the format in, you know, in a podcast. We can sort of talk a little bit more around it and talk a little bit more about their take on on the game as a whole, which I think would be great. So, OK. Um, well, actually, I did that,
2: have one little thing to say about the 1% interview. Oh, and sorry, was, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, his logic um, with, you know, which ones to go for first, which achievement uh, made a lot of sense, you know, starting off with Expiration, because that's something you can do in any ship. But obviously by the time he got the, um, the top rank in Expiration, he had enough money for a Type 9. Uh, very easy to make a lot of cash then, so no doubt it didn't take him long to get the trade um, maximum rank. And then after that, it was, as he put it himself, it was all about combat, and he didn't have to worry about insurance. He had so much money. So it sounds like a very logical way, the order of doing the three ranks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and obviously he didn't start till sort of late December. So you know, interesting as well because of course some of us have been playing before that and had our our our, um, uh, our statistics carried over. So you know, very interesting to see how uh, how that's run out. Okay, we'll move down then, and we're going to go look at some new merchandise uh, which we have. So. To start with, we know that, um, that the soundtrack's been released. The soundtrack's been released for a little bit of time. Apparently, it's now coming as CDs as well. So you know, there's an option to to get some physical media, which um, always a good thing. And then we've got a rather fetching t T-shirt with the kind of Hayes Manual style uh, look with the data card and everything else. Which I I, I don't know about you guys, but I think that's probably the best T-shirt I've seen so far. Um, it's I ugly. don't know. Yeah, has anybody has anybody ordered one yet?
4: No. Okay. There were some
0: people wearing them at Elite Meet, I think.
4: Yeah, I'm quite sure they weren't the Cobra ones, though. Because you get them in Cobras as well.
3: Ah, uh, that might be the one I'm thinking
0: of.
4: Yeah, but you know, Sidewinder—it's not orange.
0: Oh, uh, but it's but it's pretty. <laughs> and it's got the the lovely Falcon de Lacey thing in the corner and everything else. It's you know, I, I I like that. I think it. I think it's great. I think it's nicely stated. It's probably not you know. And I mean, obviously, there have been a few conversations about T-shirts and um, you know some of the the stuff that people have, have have picked up with the merchandise. It's probably not something I'd wear to work. Yeah. Um, I might get a question or two. That said, you know, I've worn some some questionable T-shirts. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it uh, it is uh, probably a little bit uh, raises a, a few more eyebrows than maybe than, than people would want. Although I, I much prefer it to a linen shirt. Um, so anyway, and then the next item we have down uh, on the merchandise is it the onion head
1: stuff? More stuff on onion head?
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. totally.
1: Okay, uh, actually, what do we got? The,
3: um, well, actually, yeah, it's the onion head T-shirt, which uh, T-shirt, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ed from Frontier was, was modelling the um, the onion head T shirt at Elite Meet, and very fetching on him it looked.
1: And mine arrived on Saturday. Well, Monday morning. <laughs> so, um, so that listeners know, we have
0: for a for a little bit of time grant, um, we have been discussing doing an onion head advert for Live Radio. Where are you with that?
1: Uh, I think I'm probably still in the same place I was then. Um, I've got we've got we've got the amazing music for I just got, I've, I've, I had one idea and then I've kind of gone back and thought about it from a slightly different point of view which I think will work better. So I will get it done and we'll hopefully have some new adverts for next week or something. That'd be awesome.
0: Uh, you see I love being host for that reason. it's the only reason I love being host on the spot. Um, so yeah, no, uh, yeah, we we have a plan to do an onion head advert for for Live Radio. We will get that done, um, whether Grant does it or or I get irritated enough and record it myself. Um, <laughs> we will get that done, and um, and yeah, we will get a, an onion head advert uh, up because I think it's it's just so funny and so worth taking the mech out of with nineties rave music which I think will be great. I, you know, I hate 90s rave music, so I'd love putting something together. For oh, I, could,
1: I could do a kind of, you know, a train-spotting uh, version of it and, and use the <laughs> accent to good powers. Yeah, choose life.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that will work really well. Choose a cobra. Choose a sidewinder. Choose a...
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should have Alan hosting if he's just going to use it to passively aggressive, motivate people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not cool.
0: Uh yeah, no, it you know, it could get could get quite violent, couldn't it? You know wouldn't it would be an elite dangerous show, it'd be a elite dangerous dangerous show. Um Okay, so moving on, uh we're down into into our main discussion. And our main discussion point we've picked up a couple of things that have come up from the forums, a couple of things that uh that are serious issues that people have, have raised. And you know, being that we're we're radio, being the fact that we're representative of of the elite community, and also you know we're we're you know we're all enthusiastic um, of the game and, uh, and desperate for it to be the best thing that it could possibly be. We want to we want to deal with these things. We want to talk about them. We want to make sure that there's some views and, uh, and there's some options and opinions uh, for people to to have their choice of, of saying things and also for us to to sort of comment on the things that are going on. So. Straight to the thorny issue, then. The elite prizes. Now, we know that David Braben has has announced who the prize winners were. We know that uh, we had different prize winners for each category. We had an overall prize winner. But then we have the issue over this particular item in-game that people have been able to do with capital ships. So, Commander... Fronton Rouge admitted all along that he used an in-game system to essentially hit targets using a turreted laser while nesting uh, at a capital ship. The capital ship takes out the enemies and you pick up the combat bombs. Now, let's let's be completely clear here. We're not going to be critical of Fronton Rouge in any way, shape or form. He used the technique. He used the tactic. He was absolutely and utterly honest about doing so and uh, completely... Um, completely upfront about it as things went through but it has caused a bit of a stir so things are, are obviously a little bit heated about this um, so I'm over to, to, to you guys as to, to what your thoughts are on this particular discussion, I know we've, we've all read a little bit about it as things have gone through um, what do you think, do you think this tactic was was valid um, and, and how do you think this, um, this is, is kind of uh, worked out
2: Well, Well, I I think the tactic's perfectly valid. Um, And the fact that some people don't agree with it, you know, it's not the spirit of the game, is just them kind of projecting what they think the spirit of the game is on someone else, really. Um, I mean, you might be able to... You might make a case saying that, you know, obviously Frontier Developments, you know, shouldn't allow somebody to... I, I don't even know if it quite makes it as an exploit, really. It's just using, you know, the game to efficiently, you know, hit a target. Um, so, uh, you know, even if even if everybody agreed that, you know, it wasn't in the spirit of Elite and things like that, unfortunately, um, you know, he was allowed to do it. He didn't cheat, you know, he didn't, you know, kind of break the system in any way. So, you know, it puts frontier maybe in, in the position that they couldn't really say to him, oh no well, you know, you, you, we can't award you, you know, the prize you know, they just couldn't do it because you know, they hadn't specified that you can't win the prize in that way and it would have actually been perhaps you know, troublesome for them if they had tried to do that from a legal standpoint so I think that I personally, I think that, you know good on him for working it out you know, it must have taken some intelligence and some effort to uh, you know, investigate it and find out that that works. And no doubt, he wasn't the only one doing it. So, um, you know, fair play to him.
1: Well, that that was the sort of key thing. Whether or not you feel it's in the spirit, I, I particularly don't think it's in the spirit of getting to the elite rank in combat. It it kind of takes away the kind of human element and makes it a kind of very sort of uh, autopilot combat mode, really. But I understand that it's not a a particular technique that guarantees success, because in order for this to be effective, you've got to cash in those combat bonds bonds, and before you cash in those combat bonds, if you're away from your keyboard, not paying attention then you're likely to be taken out by other players, which indeed happened to Itchy Nipples. That's how his bounty was eventually catch caught Cashton uh, cashed in, was when players noticed him sitting there not doing anything and decided that they would take him out, which they did brilliantly. So it isn't without risk. And the other thing that isn't clear, and I've tried to get in touch with... Uh, from Ton Rouge to find out is what kind... I mean, obviously, when we saw the videos uh, advertising the winners, it did give you their game time, and his was up in the thousands of of hours too. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he spent any less time in-game. It doesn't mean that it was any less involved. Uh, It maybe just removed a little element of the danger for him, but that's just the same as if you were trying to reach the elite t- target in a wing as well, so you'd have three other people to help you out, should they be discredited. So, while I agree it's an in-game mechanic that's been used well, and other people have done it since, and, and people have, some people have made dangerous overnight from it, but in this particular case, this is before that community project uh, that seemed to have been accelerating the speed at which you could raise your ranking up in that elite, so I wouldn't want to discredit any skill that he had involved to reach that, and I think it wouldn't be fair for any of us to suggest that without more information. All we do know is that the data for these awards was thoroughly investigated by Frontier's server team, and all the winners were approved, and Frontier clearly state that you know they would never, um, sorry, their decision is final, so it's not going to change. It's just an interesting discussion point, and certainly it seems to have really uh, ignited some retort in the forums, and when I first saw it, I thought it was just, you know, some bitterness. But there's, you know, there's maybe a, a right for some people to feel aggrieved if they've been, you know, slowly flying around and Tackling combat one on one and trying to do it the old-fashioned way, and then this guy seems to have skipped them. You can imagine why some people might feel a little bit put out, but he's done nothing wrong. Chris, any ver- thoughts?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very kind of it's a very British response to sort of say, well, you know, these are the this is the game in front of me, but I'm kind of playing it, you know, the right way or by the rules. I mean, it's why you know we as a country have lots of games with lots of rules and we're generally speaking the worst at playing all of them and i think you can only play the game that's in front of you and if the game allows you to increase your combat rank this way i don't i don't like it i don't think it's particularly reflective of your skill to get to a particular ranking using an exploit like this but at the same time (laughs) If it's a, it's a bit like the, I mean, I, you know, you get these things on Facebook, everybody complaining about people using tax loopholes and by which, you know, what you mean is they've used a legal way of not paying their tax. You might not like it. And if you don't like it, the thing to do is to change the law and change the rules. But you can't, you can't complain about someone doing something which they are able to do and is valid within the rules of the system. I think I think it, yeah, like I say, it's very it's a very British thing to complain about. Colin,
4: well, uh, I'm afraid I'd, I'll have to agree with Grant on this one that and I, I didn't like the way he was doing it. I mean, uh, for me, it, it did smack of a little bit of hiding, uh, hiding in plain sight, and and basically, it, it felt like he wasn't making the effort that everybody else was because they were all twisting, turning, and. I don't think his his uh, joystick would have suffered the same damage as one percent. if you've seen the uh, if you've seen his his photograph, um, I just felt that he was sort of hiding away and taking pot shots. And yeah, it just goes. It just felt it went against everything that I consider combat is an elite. So I'm, I'm you know,
0: that's fair. I mean. I've kind of, I mean, obviously, I don't have as much game time, and, and certainly when this, these particular prizes came up, um, I kind of looked at them and thought, yeah, well, well, you know, that's the way these things are. Um, I remember, you know, we had from the original elite that was the opportunity when you when you sent your save game in, uh, they sent you back this this little golden badge uh, to indicate that you you know you'd managed to get to elite and congratulations. I think that was. That you know, was one of the very early things that was attached to the game, um. So there is a little bit of a tradition of of, of prizes and of, of people attempting to achieve these kind of things. Um, it is tricky, you know, and I I totally get what Grant said. Uh, I totally get what uh, what Chris has said, and you know, and I, I totally respect um, the points that that uh, Colin and John have made here. the The problem really comes down to whether you allow it, and. If you've allowed it, that has to come to a balance of uh, your own decision about ingenuity, um, and you know. And I've seen many things where people have come up with little ingenious, you know, sort of methods to do things. And this this exploit came originally from, you know, with the first we heard of it. I think to start with was when somebody worked out how to. Get a capital ship to fire on a space station, and then obviously it sort of—I I could be certainly it's the first I heard of it. I could be wrong, but that's certainly the first I heard of it. And then we heard about the targeting and the ability to you know to sort of target with the the, the capital ship and so on. So I I think it's tricky. Um, I think really we would like you know if I'm honest and if I I sort of think through how I would like someone to be renowned in this game is I would like them to be renowned for being an amazing pilot. And if they've managed to achieve, you know, the combat rating, I want them to be the Red Baron. I want them to be Chiggy Von Richthofen, if anyone knows their space above and beyond. Yeah. Or, um, you know, or any of the... Or Scar, if they know the Battlestar Galactica, which was a complete rip-off of, of Chiggy Von Richthofen in that particular episode. But anyway, that, that, that beside... I think that, you know, the key thing here is actually is there is a, a level of perception with players and actually it would be nice to know that the person who is the renowned person is actually you know, has has this resonance of a reputation in the game which I'm afraid it's not really there from this and that's kind of a little bit of a side from from any cash prize or anything else to be perfectly honest I'm I'm kind of not, not as not as much of a fan of those kind of things anyway so um, so that doesn't really uh, doesn't really uh, sort of come into the factor as I see it. But it would be nice to know that the legends, the people who carve a name for themselves in the game, have the the you know they have the ability that uh, that's there. And it could well be that uh, that from Tom Rouge does. You know, it could well be that he's you know he's an amazing dog fighter. So I'd be very interested to hear from anyone that's, um, that's suffered on the hands of his lasers, and uh, and then we could find out whether you know he's. He's as good as you know as the as the status would uh, would suggest that he is.
2: Oh, sorry, Alan. The way you I thought the direction you were going in there was that you were on live on air. You were slapping him across
0: the face with your glove and challenging. him.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> in my little eagle. Oh no, you know he'll kill me. But then I got I like getting killed, so that's fine. I'm quite happy to you know to, to sort of. Well, let's say um, just go.
2: Going- Go, going back to what was said at the start, I mean, he has been very upfront about it. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, if he's built a reputation for anything, it's it's being honest about how he's achieved it. Yep. So yep. Uh, I think that's the reputation he has, rather than anything. Love him or hate him, you know. Uh, you know, I, I think that you know I, I love seeing you know these ingenious solutions. Obviously, you know it rubs some people up the wrong way, but you know I like to see it, and I completely agree with Chris. It's a very British thing to to complain about someone. You know, it's not cricket, as they say.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I'm 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 a big cricket fan, so obviously, (laughs) you know, that's where I'm coming from. Really? Yeah, yeah, I I would, um, I would completely, um, yeah, I completely acknowledge your point there. You know, I'm not in in any way saying that um, that he is yeah he's he's been utterly honest and transparent about this and and absolutely as far as i'm concerned that that makes him you know it makes him a great guy that's that's exactly you know the, there's no nothing attached to to um uh to that he's he's chosen to play that way that's how he's chosen to play it. uh he's achieved the 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 thing that's that's perfectly fine and you know and he's been given the, the reward you know as far as i'm concerned that's 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 perfectly fine. It doesn't uh, doesn't change uh, the my perception of him in that. It's I, I think I was talking more about you know the the sort of the um, the idea of the war ace. you know, just the idea of uh, of the war ace. And maybe he is. Maybe you know maybe he has that ability. And I'm not. That isn't me. <laughs> I'm going to, to qualify this again. That isn't me calling him out. Okay, I'm not. No. To, I'm not trying to say. Yeah, you and me outside live station. You know, uh, <laughs> that's that's not what I'm trying to say. It's you know, at the end of the day, he's he's I I, I, I spend you know, it's I'm sorry, but you know, I'm too. I I have too much fun shooting Colin. I can't I can't spend all my time going after someone else.
4: You I, haven't managed to land a single shot on me since Alpha Two. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: now that's the sound of a leather glove. <laughs> <laughs> that's <you're laughs> <just> calling
1: out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just saying that. You know, you, you know I've killed you loads. You're just you're just saying that on air
4: <laughs> I, I'm right here outside Leaf Station. Bring it. Come on. <laughs> oh well, okay. Um Tom Rouge um
0: uh, Colin Ford's right to outside live station, just so you know. And um, he he said something about your mum. I think I think that was uh, I think was what happened.
1: I have to say okay. though, I mean the the one thing is that we cannot possibly quantify is how much effort it took and how much of his ranking came from that. It's not clear, and I think it's really unfair to judge him unfairly until you've got him in your crosshairs, and then you can judge him all you like.
0: <laughs> judge judge him repeatedly. With your
1: trigger finger. But that's what it it comes down to. It's playing the game you want. And if you are uh, painted as an elite pilot with your little target on your ship, your little um, decal, then you are going to be approached by people that think, ah, I can take on an elite player. And if you're found wanting in skills, uh, then, you know, it doesn't really mean anything at all, does it? It's just just a way to play the game. And I think, you know, well done to him for, for getting awarded the prize. Brilliant. I don't particularly... I wouldn't be I wouldn't play it that way. I like I like combat to be far more hands-on and involved, but I can certainly appreciate what it's like when you're overwhelmed by enemy ships and there's a capital ship there that you can just kind of crawl inside and hide from. So um I understand it is a completely perfectly fine tactic for game.
0: Yeah, I think I mean obviously we're we're, we're sort of um covering a certain aspect of this and I think I think we we probably all agree on this. We, we'll make this completely clear that, um, in terms of what Frontier offers as a reward and everything else, that's entirely down to them. You know, that's that's uh, that isn't part of, of anything that we're kind of suggesting, discussing, or uh, you know, or covering here. That's that's entirely down with with Frontier. I mean, certainly my my only my only thing is obviously is that that specific. Uh, whether he is the pilot and you know let's hope he is you know i mean we'll we'll kind of see won't we all right so let's move on down to where we've got some stuff to to talk about next so um frontier have incidentally said that you know this particular tactic is legitimate they've you know they have and i think grant's covered this but they have said that they're you know they're they're happy with the way it uh the way it's happening in the game um, I don't know, we might see in the future where you know where stuff is is changed, you know, you might see it change. I don't know. But um at this stage so obviously they're completely happy with that that ability to sit over uh, over capital ships. Um so that's fine. Moving down, we're next into the release of the Backer edition box sets. Now, um has everybody received theirs? Everybody got them? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, come on. Yeah, we've all received them. John, you you had a particular story to tell, didn't you?
2: Um. Yeah, I got two. <laughs> uh, uh, one of them was addressed to to me, and the other one was um, care of John Stabler because Alan's is broken.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's 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 move on to that then. So there have been some problems here with the the box sets now. Um, Mine arrived and um, it arrived with the dent on the side. It arrived with uh, the cardboard on the inside torn up. And it's, you know what? You know, I've bought computer games with, with that kind of problem with the box, you know, and, and I've kind of gone, yeah, it's f- game, game. It's, it's all good. And the only issue is with that happening with your Elite Dangerous box set is that after all the time, that we've, you know, we've spent doing stuff and everything else in the game, you know, when this thing arrives and, you, you know, you open it, and I I, uh, I, I, I like, I'm quite, quite enthusiastic when I open it, but, but it wasn't, wasn't me anyway. So, you know, I opened up the parcel and it's one of those things that it kind of, it, it, it's sort of one of those things that not leaves a bitter taste, it's probably overstating it, but it's one of those things that immediately it doesn't feel like the amazing thing that it perhaps should be representative of if you see what I mean. And I, I, I freely admit I was like a, a six year old child and I had a bit of a sulk because of course this thing had turned up and I, I just thought, wow, all the content's fine. It's got this dent on the side. That's probably, I don't know, got jostled, you know, as it was, as it was transported. But then, you know, when you look through it and the internal cardboard on the inside is all torn, it was like, uh, who, who packed this? You know which was quite weird, and we've subsequently found that there are a few people on the forums that um, uh, that have have had similar situations with the with the box sets um, so you know uh, it is it is obviously a problem with a few things now for anyone that has anyone that has problems with these and I, I'll stress all of the content of mine is perfectly fine uh, there was a post by somebody who had a hole in his t shirt obviously some sort of bullet hole I assume they uh, <laughs> shot the last guy who was wearing it and, um, and packed the t-shirt in the box. But um, the uh, uh, anybody that is having a problem with them, um, Ed Lewis has said on the forums, please do contact support and um, hopefully they can sort out a, a new box for you. So I did that this morning. Um, I would say that it is not entirely clear as to how you contact support because when you go through the support pages, there really isn't a, a support page for I got my backer award... And it's all a bit broken. Can I have a replacement box, please? Which, you know, you kind of kind of get that there, there wouldn't necessarily be a, you know, <laughs> a straight path to that. But it was a bit tricky, particularly where it, it was saying things like, what's your order number? What's your order number? And I kind of struggled a bit with that. But anyway, so got it through, got it sorted out. And Frontier turned, um, turned around with an email uh, just before we came on air uh, about two, three hours ago. Um, and uh, have immediately said, "Yeah, can you can you show us the problem?" And it's quite plain that what they're doing is they are going to their supplier. They're talking to their supplier about the uh, uh, the individual issues and trying to get you know, replacements sorted out. So I've taken some pictures of the of the tears on the inside of the box and the the dent on the outside. Sent them off. You know, watch the space. Hopefully, um, you know that all will get sorted out very uh, very very quickly, and and that will all get turned around. So yeah. Um, it is. It is nice. Certainly, in this respect, it is nice that uh, the response to the ticket was very, very prompt. So I know the guys have talked a little bit about how the new support system seems to be working really well, and it does appear that that is um, that is you know is certainly something that's that's continued with the backer sets. Um, so that that certainly is a, a bonus. Um, but then we have some of the other content that has been discussed. Now. Uh, what do you guys think about your, your your shirts? You know the shirts that are in the box. Have, um, have you been wearing them?
4: Uh, they seem to be a de facto uniform at Elite Meet. <laughs> okay. A lot, a lot of people were wearing them at Elite Meet. I'd say.
0: Good. Um, so, did you wear yours? Have you have you unpacked it yet, Colin?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I was wearing mine on Saturday, uh, right. quite quite proudly, as as can be seen in, in photo evidence. Uh, but uh, uh, it's not exactly what you call. Ideal for this kind of weather.
0: Okay, so little thin, you think, or um? Yes,
4: I'd, I'd okay. say so.
0: Okay, so we're not we're not being snippy about that. It's not. That's, let's let be completely clear. We're not. Um, it's not. Not sort of the point I was I was getting to. It's one of the things that has has come up on the forums is that uh, they did originally in the Kickstarter it was talked about as being a t-shirt, and now it's a polo shirt. Um, now. Some of us saw the original T-shirts. Um, <laughs> if you if you go back to that <laughs> lovely video with David Raven uh, modeling the first T-shirt and looking like he used to belong in a biker gang. Um, but no offense to, to any biker gangs out there. I'm sure they have better. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm just <laughs> down a road that I was never going to come back on there, aren't I? Um, nope. So... Uh, I can't. I can't win in terms of not offending anyone. But uh, the the point there is that um, that obviously that the the polo neck is or the polo shirt is a different different proposition to, to the original t-shirt. So a couple of people weren't necessarily happy. To be honest, um, I think it's probably for the best in that regard. Um, yeah, I prefer a polo shirt definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it definitely yeah. feels like an upgrade. Yeah, it, it it does to me. I mean, I, I certainly and. One of the reasons why, with the uh, the new Lave Radio shirts, we went with with sort of polos, you know, we thought that um, thought that that was that was nice, and you know, and it sort of had had something to it, a uh, little bit more, a little bit more techy, I guess, uh, as an image. So you know, so that.
2: And uh, if they're that thin, that's great. It means they're going to be ideal, you know, wearing them for LaveCon
4: because I've booked the weather. It's going to be glorious. How <laughs> was yeah, well, when booking the weather? Yeah, yeah. Was that more more it. rain then? No, no, I can't.
2: I can't cope with any more rain. I live in Wales. There's got to be. There's got to be some sun sometime this year.
0: Do you know, so, John? I've I've only been to Wales like four or five times, and it has rained every time. And yeah. every time, well, certainly the first time I went, um, I literally crossed back over the bridge, and it stopped raining as I crossed back over the bridge. It's one of the yeah. most amazing things ever.
2: Yeah, I must apologise for the weather in my country. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, we'll try to do better next time. Oh, that's that's had a too. good time oh.
4: in London. No, it's, it's always been nice there.
3: <laughs> that's why it's so green and pretty in Wales. I mean, if there was no rain, it would look like well, no, like Nevada or something like that. No offense to Nevada, I'm sure Nevada's lovely, but it's not. It's not green, is it? It's not forests
0: and water <laughs> and I, I, love, I love that. Uh, yeah, no offense to Nevada, but I'm sure it's. But but it's just not. You know, would have would have <laughs> <done that. laughs> So yeah, no. Um, I think, you know, coming back to the t-shirts, obviously, you know, the decision's been made there and I I think it's not, you know, there've been one or two occasions where people have sort of talked through, oh, you know, oh, this is different, this is different, this is different. And now the t-shirt's different. I, you know, it's kind (laughs) of, kind of my response to that really. Um, I, you know, I I think that, I think they've, they've produced something that's nice. I think it's, it's good. It certainly is something that people want to wear and, um, yeah, I think um, I think we have a uh, a good piece of stuff there. There is, you know, there was the case though that um, that there was a forum thread about the t-shirt, the original t-shirt, and um, generally the consensus was it wasn't very good, um, and that was was seen as a little bit of a weather vein. And I think I think there is a problem here, or or at least there's something where we we perhaps need to be a bit careful in that um, sometimes the forums are not really representative of all of the. Um, All of the player base. So, you know, that can be a little bit tricky or even humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, plenty of Thargoids on the forums. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's, you know, as, uh, as things go, I mean, I don't know, is there anything else that you guys thought about the box set particularly any, any particular, you know, good things about, you know, what you've, what you've received?
2: I was more than happy, um, you know, and to receive two of everything was a bonus. Um, I've now got two star maps, so one of them will be framed, and I don't know. They actually, they might both get framed, but I'll be able to have one in my man cave and one, you know, in the lounge
0: if the wife will let me. Not, not one for each eye. <laughs> no,
2: yes, yeah, stereo map it might be cool, but no, probably not.
0: Or, um, or you could put it in the toilet.
2: Yeah, my toilet's not big enough. I don't think.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, you see, that, that joke is just just useless on, on, on anybody that, that doesn't know the person who, um, Mobius frames and puts some of his artwork in the toilet. Uh, anyway, so um, so yeah, the uh, uh, obviously the the, the of kit. I mean, I love mine. I thought the I thought the, the, the quality of of Whoa. the internal merchandise and everything is really really nice. Um, I thought that was, was excellent.
4: I apologise for that. We've just had two Ferdelances who were wanted just attack Glaive Station. And uh, everybody around here seems to have gathered together and smashed them to smithereens. <laughs> two players? Two players, yes.
0: Oh, fantastic. Obviously, they're trying to make a name for themselves. Did you get any any numbers?
4: I'm afraid not. I'm, I'm I'm afraid to say. Commander Mindwipe and Archiburst and Daddy Baddy, they they smacked him apart quite quickly. To be honest.
0: Uh, well, never mind. But obviously they might be back, so you know, keep your eyes open. It's probably a, a good idea. Ferdalances, you say. So um, fertile, two Ferdalances. Mm. Okay. Ah. All right. So we'll move on then to community corner, and um, we'll start. Um, Talking a little bit about that, and obviously the big highlight from Community Corner is Elite Meet. And firstly, I think we we ought to you know to make the point here that the two people who took up the baton to organise Elite Meet were our own uh, Ben Moss Woodward and Mike Snorswell. And certainly, I, I have to say, you know, despite the fact I, I didn't attend, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't raise the time to go. But it's fantastic to see that, uh, that this community event has, has continued and that, um, that they stepped up to the plate to organise it. Um, and, you know, and obviously it was a really nice opportunity for people to go up and have a little bit of a social and, and meet up again after, you know, it's been like four months and what have you since, since we've seen some of each other. And obviously, Colin, you went, Chris went, um, and, uh, and Grant was there. But uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, how did it go? Chris, you want to uh, go first? Yeah, I yeah, can do I, I really enjoyed it. Um,
3: I should say that, I mean, <laughs> to start off with, one of the things that I was really looking forward to about Elite Meet, uh, which kind of panned out, is it was really nice to go to an Elite event that I was in no way responsible for running. Um, I mean, even the launch party, you know, we kind of, we had the live radio thing we were doing, uh, and obviously I got co-opted in to do some, some author readings and stuff. So really this is the first chance I've actually had in this whole process to go to an elite event and just kind of socialize and enjoy myself. So from my point of view, that was excellent. Um, it was nice to, um, yeah, nice to play some board games with some, you know, some elite friends and kind of, um, yeah i mean I mean ed um from frontier he'd come and he i mean he's he loves board games, but he's passionate about them and he'd brought this carrier bag uh full of board games and we you know we played one of his it was very appropriate it was a sort of spaceship uh, building and trading game so that that seemed quite appropriate um, and yeah it was just it was just really good fun, very relaxed day um, very helpful accommodating venue. Uh, and, re, you know, really nice to meet some people. And some people I've not met before Uh nice to catch up with some people that I haven't seen for a while.
4: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, I was a little late due to um, traffic on the M6, as per usual. Uh, but it, the, everybody that when I turned up, there was a really nice atmosphere there. There was uh, 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 basically everybody just hanging around, chatting. Ed there was... was uh, was doing his best moving and shaking in amongst the crowd and uh, everyone was very very helpful when it came to setting things up and and trying things out which was uh yeah it was great <laughs>
3: <laughs> and some of us got a um some of us in the evening got a sneak peek of uh, Darren Gray's uh, little sort of um sort of card game uh, that he's developing, and that's, you know, that's really good, really good fun, uh, a good laugh, a sort of, um, in terms of if people know sort of other games, it's sort of, it's quite like a sort of munchkin thing, it's it's all sort of driven from the cards in your hand, um, but it's quite frantic, and people laying cards on top of each other, um, and uh, yeah, that's that was a lot of fun.
0: No, um, I'm, you, I'm, I'm uh, sorry, I'm really interested in that, because, um, you know, obviously it's something that, that we didn't know about before, in, in terms of it being content, so oh, yeah. Darren... Darren, if you're listening, please bring it to LaveCon. I'd love to see uh, see a few people play it. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of give it a bit of a road test and, um, you know, have (laughs) it on for for a social in the evening, you know, round with a few beers and everything else. That'd be really good.
3: uh, It's it's very yeah it's very funny it's basically it's themed around the concept of kind of vip bodyguards and the idea being that as a bodyguard to win the game you need to be the one that hurls yourself in front of the bullet um, <laughs> yeah. and that's the concept behind it so you've kind of got this mental image of someone dives in front then you lay another card and dive in front of them uh and it's kind of it's, it's just it, yeah it's it, it made us all laugh which i think for that that kind of card game is, is exactly the idea. Uh, but it's quite nuanced as well, the sort of strategy of it. Uh, it's very good fun. And thanks to Ed as well. I mean, Ed had made a um, a sort of... I don't think we even got to play all the rounds because we had to get thrown out of the room. But Ed had prepared a uh, a sort of pub quiz with some elite rounds and some non-elite rounds. And I have to say, to my shame, our table, we didn't feel confident in our elite knowledge. So we decided to play our double-points joker just on a general round, not on an elite one. And actually, we scored really well on the elite rounds, and not sh- sh- well on the rounds sh- that require any kind of real knowledge.
0: Should have had me there, shouldn't you, really?
3: Well, this was the thing. There was a <laughs> there was a um, there was a round on identifying. We didn't know this was what it would be, but it was a round on elite ships and identifying them from their description in the store. And I was like, oh, Why is why is Alan not here? Not he's probably written half of these, let alone knows. <laughs> <why."> <laughs>
0: Probably not, actually. But um, but yeah, no, it's um, certainly elite knowledge in the past has, has been something which uh, I've really enjoyed when uh, TJ used to, uh, the forum moderator used to put up a couple of quizzes and, um, you know. But the only problem is, of course, is that when, when you've written a lot of the stuff or, or when you're, you know, in the middle of researching a lot of the stuff, which I was at the time, it's like it's a point of pride. And if you lose... Yeah, because you've got nothing to win, <laughs> you know. You're supposed to know it, so it was um, it was all very interesting. But no, it sounds like you had a fantastic time, and certainly with uh, with seeing everybody there it was uh, uh, was great. Uh, you know, to see everyone met up. Um, we've got a lovely picture as usual. This appears to be a tradition now, doesn't it? You know, get the group photo, which I think is is really nice. So we've got quite a lot of those uh, from all the different uh, different meetups, which I think was uh, is obviously is great. Uh, so. The key feature there in terms of, well, what we're talking about this evening is Colin got a chance to put his um, his spaceships game to, together. So without, first of all, Colin, we're not going to let you talk about it just for a second. I'm going to ask Chris to talk about it because Chris can give a bit of an idea of, as a player, what he thought. I'm afraid I didn't get the chance to play it. Oh, um, God that's so rubbish i should have prepared shouldn't I? I know i know
3: but it's it's not rubbish because the thing is colin's game was really popular and all the slots for all the games he was running were kind of taken up i mean i was a very late addition to um elite meet it was very much a last minute decision sort of in the last week to go and you know by the time i was going colin was was well and truly you know sought after so i think it was popular and i didn't hear anyone coming away going well that was shit so that's my review
0: so Colin, how did it go Thanks. setting how did it go setting all this up and uh, what was what was the prep like? How did you feel it? What what sort of feedback did you feel you, you had from from running it and playtesting it and seeing everyone's responses?
4: Well, actually Grant has just popped back
0: in, so we can ask Grant. Oh Grant played, did he? Oh, fantastic. Okay. All right then Grant,
1: over to you <laughs> You should see me running all the way from the car, they're going, I played action <laughs> It was awesome, actually. It was um it is. Uh, you start in your corner, and it was quite amusing because we had um, we had Ed in my game, we had Darren Gray, and we had Ben. And our first moves for me and Ed nearly took us straight off the map and into certain doom. <laughs> it was just an oversight. But you get to this point where you're actually in combat range of uh, other ships and you've then got to try and guess where they're going to move and whether or not you try and shoot past them and turn, and then you find out that they've done the exact same thing or they've turned round and they're right behind you. So you have this element of... As the tactics are revealed, you suddenly have these oh crap moments and they can be quite hysterical and it's that kind of excitement. And then the, then it comes down to your dice roll, so even when you get the jump on them and you're in a beautiful position to shoot them up the backside, you roll the dice and you screw it up and they end up, you know, next round, they're now facing you and they take you out, which is sadly what's happened to uh, Ed. <laughs> um, but I think, it was Ben out first? I can't remember, Colin No,
4: it was definitely Ed Unfortunately, um, poor Ed had, ai a, think, the most astoundingly bad luck And Darren Gray decided to play the most aggressive sidewinders I have ever seen So, <laughs> I'm afraid poor Ed, he, I think he lasted four rounds And he got, he got totaled by really unlucky dice rolls
0: well it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one really, isn't it? Because of course yeah, with, with any tabletop game that you're playing, um you know, I'm I'm quite a veteran of uh of playing Warhammer in the past and uh Dungeons and Dragons and all sorts of, you know, different tactical games where you've got dice or you've got percentages. Um even even playing Julian's Laser Squad, um you know, knowing your your percentage chances of hitting things and then seeing somebody who is you know almost in the square next to somebody else managed to miss you, you know you do end up sort of almost at the screen um, with the fact oh, XCOM
4: you know. was awful for that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so yeah it is one of those things, but um yeah I mean obviously it's a representative combat, isn't it so that that kind of comes as part of the territory of being a representative combat as opposed to you know relying on the fact that um, the mark one eyeball as it were um but in terms of i mean just just to dissect it a little bit, Colin, I guess you've set this up in a similar way so that you've got cards that you play to power up ships as you go through, have you?
4: Um, the, it's pretty similar to uh, the X-Wing miniature rules that uh, it's based on. The only exception is that uh, I put in a power management mechanic so that you can uh, move power from lasers to engines to shields, and that will have a uh, give you an advantage at an appropriate moment. Uh, but it's basically um, you've got a, a ship card you'll have a pilot card in the next version um, and you're able to <clears throat> use those ship abilities uh, to move your model about on the screw on the, uh, the playmat uh, to try and get you into the best po- uh, best position to shoot and even then uh, that all depends on <laughs> how, you, how much firepower you've got against how much defensive ability the, uh, the ship has
0: okay so um from what i've seen from the pictures it's at the moment you've got it set up on a fairly open map haven't you you're you're basically just a a sort of a star space area um in terms of what's there and i guess the the sidewinders and and the cobra are kind of calibrated so that you know so they have different point values
4: yeah um Originally, it was supposed to balance out. Two sidewinders should be able to to basically force a draw with a cobra if it was basically the same people playing. I, th- I think in this case, and the poor sidewinders are a little bit weaker than I thought. So I think we might need a little bit more play- uh, alteration to some of their statistics because they got they got absolutely wasted in the second game.
0: <laughs> so, do you think that um, you're going to? plan to add some some more ships as you go through?
4: Um, well, there are four ships um, planned for the game. It's, I think the, the, the problem that I do have at the moment is actually getting models which look good enough. Uh, I, I did have an Anaconda ready to run, but we never managed to get to that that final which where it was going to come in. And then I would have you, just you to an, see You
0: had an Anaconda cardboard model?
4: Yes. Ooh. It was an old... Uh, yeah,
0: it was a frontier-style one with a little registration no. mark
3: on the side. It was very cool. <laughs> uh,
4: yes, and, okay. and, and it had it had one of the it used if you if you know X-wing. It had one of the bigger bases and the bottom.
0: It's interesting turrets. as well. It's interesting as well because, of course, um, you know, as part of some of the Kickstarter awards, there are um, there were three uh, D printed models, weren't there? So, you know, I mean, I don't know if we've we've seen those yet. I don't think we have. Um, so it could be interesting to see what sort of scale they come out to and whether they they end up being useful for this in terms of what you're doing.
4: Yes, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, at some point that I'll be able to just uh – um, there's, there seems to be a lot of momentum on the forums at the moment to ask them if there's a possibility for them to release some of the, the ship meshes for uh, 3D printing and things like that. Um, that all comes under the licensing agreement and things like that that they've just put into place lately. Um, sure. I, I, it's one of these things which I'm, I'm going to look at at, at, a, at a slower rate. You, know, you never know, it might something might come of it, but uh, at the moment it's just a, a fun fan mod.
0: Absolutely, and I, th- I think you know that's that's part of the thing, isn't it? In terms of you know community development, and certainly one of the things that um, that we've seen here at, at Elite Meet, and one of the things that we're we're keen to to try to encourage more of at Lavecon as well, because um, you know John's making a, a computer game, Wire Wars, is obviously is something that. Um, you know that he's proud of and uh, and is working through, and certainly from the comments on the playtest that you guys have had with it, it looks like it's it's going to be a, a really addictive, uh, great game. Darren's got this 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 bodyguards card game. You've got your your spaceship models, and uh, you know and that that's that's coming through. You've Got the elite encounters role playing game. It really does sound like a very very creative community. I guess is what I'm I'm trying to get to, and that I think is you know is something that in the long run, because we're all going to play elite. We're all going to have a great time playing elite. We're all going to, you know, see each other playing elite. It's all going to be great fun. But in the long run, you also want other things that are going to bind your time together and, uh, and help people sort of share that time. And I think that, you know, that this is something that, that is going to be really good. If there is a, a sort of a fostered supportive culture of, of helping each other make things, I think that's great.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I must admit it, um, Overall the game went down very well. I had a a, a lot of positive feedback. Uh, I think everybody had never played X Wing before.
1: <laughs> That's and
4: a yeah. And I must admit, I think after about two or three turns, they were all into it. They didn't have any um any issues. I think most of the problems were with me trying to explain the rules, to be honest. <laughs> but um I, I must admit uh, both Bromster and Goose, when they'd got hold of their Cobras and knew what the Cobra could actually do by looking at the manoeuvre wheel, well, basically, poor me and, and Slezan, we uh, didn't have a chance, to be honest. Uh,
0: no, I'm sure I'm sure it was, you know, I'm sure it was, was obviously entertaining, and you do, you know, different people play different games in different ways, don't they? So, um, it'll be very interesting. So, hopefully, as I said, uh, said to you earlier before we started the show, hopefully we can work out some time to get your game down, so um, I know, you know, we're we're kind of not sure yet whether you're going to make it to Lavecon, Colin, but uh, we we would really like to get your game down and um, and give it a a road test with because, of course, X-Wing is now confirmed at at Lavecon, so, you know, you'll have a lot of X-Wing players there um, and potentially give it a play test which would be very useful.
4: Yeah, I'd be be tempted to do do the X-Wing competition myself if I I wasn't bringing my stuff down, but... uh,
0: We'll it's have like, to wait you know, and or, see,
4: or let your son do it because he's a better acting player than you are. Uh, yes, no, that might be something to do along with the fact of. <laughs> oh dear, I think I need a new model. Oh, I think I might lose this next game.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, if you say so, if you say so. Okay, all right. So um, essentially, the um, you know that uh, uh, that sort of the stuff with elite move was there. Were there any other things that you felt in terms of? Uh, the stuff that was going on there anything that in particular that um that we've, we've we haven't covered that was a highlight
1: absolutely we had Ian McNeil or splendor from the forums he ran an amazing darts competition um, oh yeah I did see I saw the I saw the docking thing I saw the you know the the wheel that looked really really cool well I mean it was quite a genius way of of, of the creating this game and essentially he had you had three darts, three different colours, red, yellow and grey. Grey being the small ship, yellow being a medium ship and red being the large ship. And then you had different coloured uh, landing pads on the dartboard, so to speak. And of course, rule's quite straightforward. A large ship can't land in anything but a large bay. A small ship can land in any of them. So... Rather than having us nominate what pad we were going for, which would have been a completely different competition that I wouldn't have had a hope at, it was more a case of if you could land your ship, you would score points in accordance with X, Y, and Z. And uh, yeah, he he went around that hall and he dragged absolutely everybody up there and got everyone playing it. And it was was a great bit of fun, actually. Really good bit of fun. I don't know what else there was. There was um, the pub quiz with Ed that was a good laugh. Um, oh there was so many different things I think we played cards against humanity in the bar later on which was see a- that's always fun cards re- against humanity is yes. always fun it was a revelation for some of the people that were playing with us who thoroughly um enjoyed it a- i think is this there's something to be said about when you're with new friends and people that you maybe not met before and you're sitting there with your handful of cards out comes the question card And you practically laugh so hard you snort beer down your nostrils at the contemplation. And Um. there's nothing better than playing the cards and the person reading them out, reading one and practically, yes, collapsing on the floor with shock at the fact he's got to say what's on it. It's... That's a good icebreaker. I think we we thoroughly enjoyed that. And while that was going on, we had uh, Dave Hughes' son running Elite Encounters at the other end of the bar, and we had Colin and his uh, X-Wing miniature uh, Elite version game right next to us. So everybody had something to do, and it was such a a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think Darren (laughs) Darren Gray's game was... (laughs) What a conclusion. It was one of the funniest... Things had ever been involved in, where essentially that the, well, That's funny. Moved... I'd
4: always thought that cause against the
1: commi- uh... Oh dear! Yeah, no, he's he's kind of gone from us. Um, but I, th- yeah, Darren Gray's I way, had a great. Uh... The way it ended was hysterical because you, nobody knew that that was going to be the last move, and uh, oh, I think we lost Colin. Uh, what, what ended up happening was we had a sort of line of bodyguards jumping in front of each other to save each other, and it was just <laughs> over in seconds. But it uh... was it was so funny once we got to the stage and we all realised this was the last move. Quick, save that person and take the hit. It was brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: Precious cargo. Sounds uh, sounds very interesting in terms of what you had. Hopefully, um hopefully we can get Colin back in just a second. Have we got you, Colin? No, he's died. Okay. So hopefully we'll get Colin back in a second. But um certainly I was gonna say that um Cards Against Humanity is something I, I really enjoyed at Nine Worlds last year. I um, had a, a sort of a a late evening with a few friends um who, you know, who i mostly met on the day. Um, and it was, you know, real, really nice icebreaker. So I had Marcus Gipps and uh, uh Gavin Smith from uh, uh you know one half of Gavin Diaz uh, who wrote elite wanted and um, and a few other people and it was it was really really nice and I think you know as I said, you know having this sort of variety of things is kind of in keeping with you know with those sort of ideas because you want you know you want those kind of meetings where you see stuff and you know and you want a few people to to go along see stuff and not get a chance to play it because of course, if they don't get a chance to play it then um, they're going to come back next time and they'll want to play it, or they want to meet up with other people and want to play it, you know. So it gives you a bit of a chance to, to have more content than is necessary uh, to be able to do everything. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's one of the important things. Did you get back, Colin? Yes, I finally got back.
4: All right. Goodness knows well what done. happened there.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, so um, just moving on from Elite Beat, then, uh, we have just one of the things that uh, that we've kind of picked up on is obviously you know a lot of people are playing the game now a lot of people uh, are finding the problems that they've got in relation to to the game itself and that's that's great and obviously we can you know when people find problems we can front can try and solve them other players can try and help them and that you know that really helps the the whole game experience at the same time it is pretty nice occasionally you know I don't know when when you've got things that work sometimes you perhaps forget just how good they are so it is nice occasionally to mention that something works and you like it so i think um we've put a thread up here haven't we guys that um that essentially it wasn't us that put it up but we're going to highlight it the thread that that basically says um you know we're happy and uh, and actually we really like the game uh, which is uh, the the thread entitled Everything that is basically... Every ha- um, everyone that is basically happy with the game, post here, please. Uh, and it's up to... I've got 27 pages here. Is it more than that now? Oh, I'm just checking. Hang on. 54. 54. There you go. 54 <laughs>
4: pages. Wow. So 54 it, pages of yup, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Right. But it is nice to kind of, you know, not just see the doom and gloom. Because certainly I've been on games forums in the past where... It becomes and it's not, you know, when when you say uh, I I think it's easy to label things as a whinge fest and it's not a whinge fest. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, it's legitimate criticisms that people want to see sorted out. And I think that's fine. But at the same time, it's also nice to be able to say nice things. You know, and acknowledge where people have done done a good job and done good stuff. So yeah, I, I wonder if
2: um, I wonder if that thread gets to a, to a hundred pages that games websites will pick it up and run a story about it.
1: <laughs> if they do, they'll probably pick out this particular post. Being so angry with how terribly the games turned out, I started a journal to note only the nice things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so even in this uh, wonderful, positive, uh, we love the game. We've got some people still getting a little bit sharp, but uh, uh, I think obviously yep. he's basically happy with the game. Sure. Now another thing that um, that we we should highlight at this stage
0: is um, something has uh, coming up from the news feeds. Now we know that Gauntlet News is something that uh, that Frontier have brought into the game, and we've had quite a lot of players. Yeah, bringing Galnet news into um, you know into YouTube, into to other mediums where they're covering it and turning it into audio. Now, live Radio has been trying to sort Galnet news out for some time. Um, we had a an initial uh, sort of stab, and there is a proof of concept on the website that Chris put together for us um, with with Lisa's help. Uh, initial proof of concept on Galnet news. Uh, to produce it as as almost like a you know a proper radio show live broadcast with an OB and everything else, and that that kind of got sort of a bit stymied mostly because um, we were waiting on Frontier coming back to us in terms of whether they wanted us to produce that, um, and they kind of told us to hold fire, and we never heard anything. But then um, a lot of players got together and have, have produced. Great little snippets of Gownet news all over the place, and then there was this opened-up idea for players to submit news to Gownet. And um, one of the things that's come up at the moment is that some of the content of Drew Wager's Elite Reclamation has now started to appear in the game. So, guys, um, have you
1: been looking at this and seeing what's happened? Yes, absolutely. I- yeah, sorry, to <laughs> John. Uh, but, you know, you, you do see that uh, there's a certain female female Imperial flying around causing mayhem at the moment. So yes, I I always have a good giggle when I see it, and it's kind of nice that it ties in, but it doesn't really impact on my game. I've not felt the need to go and sort her out. When you
3: say sort her out...
1: I I, I mean, you know, put her in her place, this Imperial, you know, self-righteous... indulgent, oh crikey, demanding, stubborn little child needs to be, you know, have our shields taken off.
0: <laughs> well, we saw this we saw this originally with Darren Gray's story with the silver comet, and obviously some reports came in and immediately players when they saw the the news reacted which was great and Drew I think as you know, I've seen some of the, the the new submissions that Drew had brought in originally. He's been a little bit more subtle, and there's a couple of things in the book that obviously are tied to it. But players have now started to look for some of the locations, some of the secret locations and other bits and pieces. It's great. You know, it really adds a layer to the game, and it shows that readers are reading those books carefully, finding the, the little clues, and sort of trying to, to pick them up, which I think is a really, really great thing. Um you know, there are a few more. Obviously, there's some from some of the other books that people can find. I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna pimp my own at this stage, but I'm sure you'll be able to find a few other things from uh, from different commanders. But it's really nice to see that that sort of all encompassing and connected uh, game universe between all the different uh, elements. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like it. But I mean, to play devil's
3: advocate though, for a moment. So the the news articles that link to Drew's sort of protagonist, is it not a little bit like um, spoilers, she lives kind of thing? I mean, I know that there's this kind of an expectation sometimes in fiction that the main protagonist will survive to the end of the story. But there's another aspect of it where I sort of think, well, actually, having that confirmed is very different to reading a book expecting the hero to live. Does that, no, no, that's does that make sense? Very true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very true. And also there's, I guess there's an additional thing in that, in that, um, it's quite tricky for writers and, you know, and I'll talk about this from, you know, sort of from my own experience, it's quite tricky for writers when essentially the, you know, when you've got an ongoing live news feed going through, um, through stuff and you're, you're perhaps considering, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about Possibility of there being new books or anything else, and when you've got an ongoing live newsfeed and pay, people able to submit all sorts of you know of stories and stuff, when they submit stuff that kind of starts to impact on characters you've written, it becomes very difficult because you're kind of going, "Hang on a minute, uh, um, isn't that? Uh, didn't I? Um, I, uh, I didn't." Um, uh. So so it becomes a tricky situation, but I guess it's a very unique situation in that regard. You know, I'm not. I'm not sitting here and kind of uh, grumbling about that uh, as things go. It just it becomes a very unique situation, which we probably wouldn't get in, in other franchises with a, a persistent, you know, because of the persistent universe of what we have.
1: Well, this is
3: the other problem as well with any kind of any more longer term fiction that's going to be produced, because um, if it takes you like a year. To, to say write and get a book out in front of people because of the way players can change the political structure of the game the the, the universe that you're writing about could be a very different place in a year's time than it, than it necessarily is when you're writing about it so I think that's where Frontier are going to need to you know if they enter into any more sort of fiction arrangements of people they're going to maybe need to I don't know lock stuff down I don't know it seems like an awful thing to do when people are currently enjoying the power they have to change the political landscape, but at the same time, I don't see how you can work on a fiction project that's going to take a year to get to audiences if if it can change in that time.
0: Um, unless, unless the premise is historical, you know that's yeah, probably the only way. Yeah, you know, if you if you take something from the backstory and you just you know you augment that. So, if you take, for example, if you take Warhammer. Um, a lot of the very popular fiction that came out of the Black Library was the, the Horus Heresy stuff. And the Horus Heresy occurred 10,000 years before the current game. So the writers knew that they were able to... You know, and they, they're still doing contemporary stuff and other things as well. But they knew they were able to write the Horus Heresy adventures and stories because they knew it was, it was an area they could, they could develop without, you know, without too much... You know, it was fairly fixed. Because they had a, you know, they had a cannon alongside it and stuff to off of, and you know, and do stuff with. But um, but essentially, they knew that they had something that was um, that was fixed, wasn't going to be interfered with by players in that regard. And that's, you know, I caveat the word interference there. Um, You know, I'm not I'm not decrying it. I'm just making the point that you know, for a writer, uh, when the goalposts move, it becomes quite tricky.
1: I was just going to say that I'm really glad to hear that it doesn't bother you uh, as I announce my upcoming book called Lave Supernova. Um, (laughs) Featuring Susan Boyles as
0: as the (laughs) new president of uh, of Ashoria,
1: yeah? I think it's one of these things I always remember from school when you were handed a paragraph of a story written by the person to your right, you write the next paragraph and so on and so forth. Uh, It does it does tend to devolve into, well, I'm going to kill off your character and create my own. Oh, really? I'm going to kill off your character and create my own and resurrect my last one. And I suppose there's a danger when you have people coming in after you and following in your footsteps that they might take your characters in a way that you think, oh, that's clever, but they can also take your characters in a way you think, no, hold on a minute, that's not on. And there's a question in the IRC chat, which is from Commander Wu, who's asking who owns the characters? Is it part of the author's agreement with Frontier? Can Frontier use them as they see fit? Or is there some kind of way where you can be consulted with regards to it? Or is it really just Frontier's say-so? That's a good question from Mr. Wu, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously we've got legal contracts that kind of talk through what we've done. Um, I don't know. I mean, that would be a very tricky thing to to discuss. Uh, I think
3: Sorry to bother you but I think generally speaking in British copyright law, as a writer, characters that you create are your are your property. Um, so you wouldn't be able to claim to own any of the kind of elite stuff that you've written into your novels, uh, because obviously that's that's belongs to Frontier and that's licensed from Frontier. But in terms of the characters and plots and situations you've created, um, I believe those belong to you. It's in the same way that even though the BBC... Owns Doctor Who. They don't actually own the Daleks. Uh, the, the estate of Terry Nation owns the Daleks because Terry Nation was the writer that created those characters. Um, and yeah, there is
0: there are a couple of other examples though. I mean, um, just going back to what I was saying about the Black Library, you do have the case that the authors have taken up essentially the same characters and moved the plot on as another author has produced a novel that is the sequel of the first one. Um, now. In that case, and certainly, I mean, um, Abaddon Books doing the After Blight Chronicles, the articles Chronicles essentially are, are Abaddon Books' premise, because even though Simon Spurrier wrote the first book, which was um, for the um actually the premise is owned by Abaddon Books. But in that case, uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't know about Games Workshop, but I know with Abaddon Books, essentially the, the rights are all sold. It's a flat fee. So when the writer writes the book they are paid a flat fee for the writing of the book rather than a royalty basis or anything else. And so all the rights are then signed over to, uh, to the publishing company.
3: Yes, but it's whether that, that organisation could then commission another writer to write stories about characters that
0: another writer's created. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. In that case, that they did, but not directly. So um, you had the main character from, you know, if, if I take the example, you had the main character from Simon Spurrier's novel, uh, was chasing after a, 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 a girlfriend and actually the next novel is written by Le- Rebecca Levine and it's from the perspective of the girlfriend but she hardly features in the first book you know it's just the name is the only real connection do you see what I, do you see what I mean
1: yeah yeah yeah, totally. is it not for the complicated though when you have characters that are essential in a system with its politics then that going forward. For example, if if Lave happened to break down into uh, an in game change of power due to player activity, whether or not that would impact on characters that you've created in stories and well I know yours is historical and so it doesn't Yeah matter. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I thought about it. I yes. thought about that.
0: And I, I made sure mine was set the you know set in the past. It was one of the reasons I did.
1: So yes, it can be anything they want now, but Lady Kahina, for example, if someone was to take her out in-game or for a breakdown in her system to be overthrown and become, um, let's say, poor goodness knows, um, maybe it'll become a dictatorship under the handy group from my system, the Balddak brothers who will then take and turn it into a pirate nation and if I, <laughs> if that, you know, and as much as I think as if I was an author and had created a story and then that evolved in game, how awesome would it be to, to create your story based on what happened in the game the next time? I think that would be awesome. Well, this is what I'd
3: like to do with Escape Velocity if, if by some miracle it manages to continue. One of the things I'd like to do is because audio drama can be turned around quite quickly, uh, and you know, we do sort of have this history of getting episodes out on a regular basis, but also writing and recording on a regular basis, you know, we'd have the opportunity to reflect in the story what is going on in the game world. Um, And it's something that I've been inspired by ever since I saw the. um, there was a prototype for a game, uh, which I won't mention, but they had this idea that they were going to do this TV show and a game side by side, and that player action would end up feeding into the kind of TV series, um, which isn't really a way around anyone's done it. But I think, to be honest, they found that the turnaround for TV was so long that they didn't actually manage to keep up with... What was happening in games. So but it's something we can do with audio drama and it's something I'd definitely like to explore.
0: I mean it it is tricky in that as a writer you kind of you like to have something where you know where you're standing. You know, whether whether the ending point of what you're writing to is a is a definitive point or the you know the beginning point is a definitive point or you know, the characters in the middle are definitive points, it is tricky, particularly when you're when you're writing with a franchise obviously you've got to respond to what the franchise is doing. So uh, with Chaos Reborn for example, you know, while I'm writing at the moment you know, I've made a conscious decision to write up to the point of the game premise but at the same time when they release any iconography, any, any particular types of uniform types of, of symbols and, and staffs and stuff, I've kind of got to reflect that a little bit You know, so if anything new comes in that I haven't necessarily thought of, that becomes a little bit problematic. And Likewise, when you know, if people just go, "Oh, I've come up with an idea," and you're sitting there and thinking, "I spent six months working on the premise that that wasn't the case," you know, <laughs> sometimes it can be a little bit difficult. So it is, you know, it is always a negotiated process, and obviously has to be continually uh, sort of backwards and forwards to make sure that um, that you get it right. But I can see completely that um, uh, trying to write a story. Trying to write a story that you know ultimately would be a published piece from an ever-changing situation would probably be quite difficult. Uh, you know, you could you could write the narrative of your mates as commanders, you know, gallivanting through the universe. I mean, some of my first books were all about the role-playing games I played and the characters that I played or my friends played. But it is a tricky thing to manage, particularly if things change and and if your your friends decide that actually their characters aren't like. The way in which you've portrayed them, so you know, so it's interesting. Well, you mean
3: writing about adventures they'd already had, or writing about new adventures?
0: Well, a little bit of both, you know. You yeah. start writing about the adventure they've already had, and then they something else happens to them, and you kind of go, Oh, well, um, yeah. you know, and or they go back in time and this happens, and <laughs> like, well, uh, now no, it's all changed, you know. So, yeah, it's tricky. It's um, you know, certainly with ongoing role playing campaigns, that can be problematic, but it is one of the you know, certainly I think role playing games are one of the richest environments to try and you know sort of get ideas for stories and i would say that in this case because elite's got that little bit of sort of role-playing element to it you know this is a rich environment it's a rich environment to find story ideas yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, I was talking to somebody about
3: that at Elite Meet because they were sort of talking about doing some writing, um, and, and like what you're saying about the the role-playing game. One of the things that helped me get through a bit of a dry period in in my own writing was because I was running a Doctor Who tabletop game um, with with new characters. I mean, they're not the ga- the characters in the game aren't the ones based on the TV. I mean, even the Doctor's pretty unrecognizable. But I found that writing up those campaigns in the style of you know a, a narrative piece uh, actually really helps me to kind of get through a bit of a a bit of a kind of writer's block period if you will
0: yeah you you know you find stories anyway don't you so anything that stimulates is, is kind of a good thing cool okay well that kind of took us in a slightly left field direction but obviously we wanted to to talk a little bit about um things that other people had, had brought to us um guys have we got any other questions that people have raised up on the uh the the um on the chat or, or on the Facebook or, or anything else? Is there anything else that people want us to cover?
4: I do have one question here from one of the commanders around Lave Station. Sure. Uh, that's from Commander, oh, I do apologize for this, is Archim Boast. Archim Boast. He was asking, uh, what was the thing that Lisa wanted Fozza to do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, I don't know. I wasn't there. I believe it was the thing.
4: The thing, yes. not a thing. The thing.
0: <laughs> yes. Probably, probably, I would have thought. You know, because he was doing interviews at the time, wasn't he? So it was, it was interviews at um, at the launch. And as I say, I was on the other side of the hall, um, ready to be um, ready to be interviewed by the um, by the presenters. So I'm assuming that he was gearing up to start doing the interviews? Would that be it? You know, and maybe no, it was... No, oh, okay. somebody,
1: somebody had passed on a message to Lisa to get Forza to do something. I cannot remember for the life of me. Without either one of them here, it's going to be very difficult to to get <laughs> to the bottom of it. But whatever that thing was, Forza seemed to be reluctant. <laughs> okay. so and they needed Lisa to encourage him actively.
0: Okay, so what we'll say then is that as Lisa's on next week will reflect the question and ask it and put it directly to her and she can answer it on air. That's probably the easiest thing to do, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. But we did have some questions on Facebook. I'm having a wee look. Let's have a look at it and see what it says. It's a first-time submitter who enjoys the show, so he's welcome to come back next week. Um, <laughs> now he's got an interesting name, so maybe we should get Colin to pronounce it. Uh, oh. It's Gustin Stamat. Tinos. Gustin,
4: Gustin Stamatinos.
1: Yeah, it's quite an interesting name, isn't it? Mm. He's known as Commander as, Akalios, I don't know Thorn. Um, let's have a look and see potential in-game application of lore from Elite Reclamation. I think. That's okay. With, did we just discussed that.
0: Yeah, we've covered that. We talk, talked about that. I mean, it's it's a nice thing, isn't it? And I think um, you know, more power to it but we've sort of discussed the downsides occasionally for writers where some of that situation can be can be a bit tricky. But, yeah, no, we talked about that. Anything else?
1: He's given us some links to different forum topics as well, so I think we'd actually have to probably do some work to go through okay. them and see what's better. So maybe, again, Guston will give you some justice and we'll have a look through that and get some answers for you on next week's show that's
0: probably a good idea okay um, anything else that um, uh, that people have raised in terms of questions okay that brings us down to the <laughs> shout outs then uh sorry what was the one colin what was the one that you no
4: were- no no i'm just a sort of a, it happens every week that we're sort of good. Uh, any questions? And then there's there's this tumbleweed that seems to fly past Lave Station at that particular uh, it's to- moment. It's totally
0: fine. It's totally fine. We've we've you know we've obviously we've been through and been very thorough. It's what I always say to students. Either I'm incredibly intimidating or I'm incredibly thorough. Um so okay, we're gonna go down to shout outs. So um first of all I'm going to, to say uh, a big thank you to and as I've said it already uh today, a uh, big thank you to uh, to Mike Snoss and to Ben for organizing Elite Meet. I know they put an awful lot into it. I know Ben is, you know, is, has got other things going on at the moment as well, which he's having to juggle. So, you know, you Ben, and uh, obviously, well done on everything that happened uh, with the weekend, because uh, I think everybody really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any
1: others? Any others that uh, that people want to want to shout out at this stage? Yep. Date? I think it's very important that we get a big shout out to Karash and his 100th stream episode on oh, Friday. Oh yeah. Yep. Where he flew in a wing with Adam Woods, Ed. Lewis, and for the life of me, quickly, Karash, type it in the chat so I can tell them who the last one was, because I missed him. And it wasn't by his real name, it was his commander name, so I didn't know who it was. Just a wee confession there. But he had uh, giveaways, Eddie Simmons, and uh, they went round doing combat in the wars, and, and it, was, it was a fantastic... Um, show, so well done, Karash, and congratulations on your 100th episode. Loads of giveaways as well, so a lot of people came away with little extras, and, uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ed was teasing people, and he gave away an onion head t-shirt, the swine, and then he <laughs> wore it on the Elite Meat just to wind us all up, because we couldn't have had them by then, so... Thanks, Ed.
0: Um, yes. I, actually, I, I sent a dedication in for that, so I'm hoping that uh, that, that got aired, and, uh, and obviously I know Karash had had several other dedications. Um, another shout out I should uh, should say is to our own uh, second tech, who is apparently this evening has said to us, um, "Yes, yes, I am working on episode 50. So he is working on the edit for episode fifty. Um, he will get that out to us. Should, should we give him a date? Should we should we say you know he has to do it by a particular time? Do you, do you think we should? Because being on air is great in that we can. We yeah. can have it.
1: I think I think I think he said he'd have it finished by was it tomorrow, and then the conclave <laughs> out on Friday. <laughs> yeah, so um, we should also mention that
0: obviously the the second episode of the conclave is now recorded. Um, I know there were some comments relating to the first episode. We've not addressed episodes relating to the conclave uh, on this show because the they are structured the the whole discussion of the conclave at the moment is structured i think over three episodes so if you feel there is a particular leaning towards one particular type of player or one particular attitude in game at the moment then i would suggest listen to all three and then obviously you can see and judge for yourself in terms of uh, of the whole piece um it is they you know i think foz is um, idea with that is to be as thorough as he possibly can, and to try and you know cover as many of the angles and the uh, the opinions uh, and different agendas you know as he can do through the through the the sequence of three episodes. So yeah, we're not going to talk too much about it here on uh, on the main show. We'll let you we'll let you listen to those shows and, and go through them. And obviously they're repeated, so you can download them. But they're also repeated on the uh, the stream, so you can pick them, pick them up on the stream as well. Any other shout-outs, guys?
1: Well, yes, uh, uh, talking about um, Karash having his 100th show, uh, Abra is rapidly heading up to its 100th competitive week uh, in a number of weeks' time. I can't for the life of me remember how many weeks' time it is, but we're planning a bit of a bumper show for that as well. So we're awesome. getting now that we've all been doing these things for so long, we're getting to those kind of birthday yeah. times again, which is awesome. So I'm looking forward to okay. that.
0: Well, I've got I've got a couple. Um, you've got another hour and a half to get your entries in for the drabble on the different ships, the uh, the ship review uh, drabble competition that we put up a few weeks back. We did say that the end of March was the deadline. Uh, the winner gets a copy of *Lave Revolution* from me. Um, apparently, I'm going to sign it. Apparently, I'm going to dedicate it. Lisa says. So uh, you know we'll we'll discuss that uh, at a point later. But yes, the idea is that the best of those will be submitted, and we will we will look at making uh, in-game advertisements for the different ships uh, based on what those travels are, and, and them coming in, and the best one wins a copy of the book. So yeah, you've got an hour and a half, so or well, one hour thirty-seven minutes, and then that competition <laughs> closes, uh, and I will I will obviously judge it. Uh, when uh, when stuff happens, and then another little shout out I've got is that we're going to be starting a new show. I'm starting recording a new show on um, uh, on Thursday this week. I think it is. So uh, no, it might be might be. Yeah, I think it's Thursday. Anyway, I'm going to start starting recording a new show this week with the excellent John Richardson from Starfleet Comms. Now, if you don't know Starfleet Comms. Um, Starfleet Comms has been going a lot longer than we have. I'm pretty sure they started back in 1999, covering all sorts of computer games and other science fiction paraphernalia in terms of what they do. Um, so they've been running a podcast for a long, long time. And John John has interviewed Kate Russell about Mostly Harmless. He uh, covers a lot of content with Elite Dangerous as well. He's going to be joining me for uh, Late Radio, the book show, which we're going to start, as I say, we're going to record regularly and this will then go up on the stream and it'll be available on uh, on the website to download Um, and this will basically be john and i and any of the, the rest of the crew that want to come and join in bringing a book to the show and talking about it and we have a stipulation there can't be elite dangerous books it's not the official fiction the official fiction is uh you know we'll have special shows for any of the official fiction we'll interview people about the official fiction and i can't talk about um the official fiction either so it's it's a bit tricky so foz has said that at some point later on down the line he'll kick me off the show and then they'll have a, a day where they just you guys all talk about the official fiction which i think will be fine you know you can we can do that but um to start with john richardson and i are going to talk about um uh, a book each that we bring to the show and um hopefully you can join us and then
1: maybe get some recommended reading material which should be should be really good. I, I don't think Foz is impressed with the title the leave reading <laughs> book show. I was thinking maybe leafing round leave.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll think of something, you know. I mean at the end of the day I'm sure uh, uh, I might end up with a different um, uh, a different title on that, but whatever we come up with it will it will be fine. Accessing station archive. I don't know, you know, off the top of my head. Something oh, over.
4: can't do that one. I've already taken that one.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. You see, you know, uh, I obviously need more time to think about it. But we will. Essentially, it's a book review show, so it gives you a bit of an idea of what we're doing.
4: Right. Well, um, I'll just quickly give a shout out to everybody who's who's joined me around Lave Station. We have uh, Commander Archim Boust. We've got Commander Daddy baddy Commander Dookie, Commander Dal Gal Midden. Goose4291, superb uh, flying in the Cobra there. Uh, Kevin P. Lane, Kirk Kiblams, Commander Label in this massive anaconda. Commander Mindwipe, Commander Nugent, Commander Zaf- Zathurg. That sounds just, that's bad French. And a Type 6 transporter, which I can't find for the life of me. So if you're flying a Type 6 transporter, I do apologize. I can't seem to find you on the scanner. I think I need stronger glasses.
0: Okay, and I think Grant, have you just added into our shout-outs
1: list? Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you want to do you want to cover that particular shout-out then?
1: Yes, it was just a sort of quick reminder that there are two worthy kickstarters that we're all quite keen and excited about. We have Uncle Art and his re uh, imagination of the frontier theme with full orchestra and all kinds of uh, wonderful tunes that he's going to reinvent and bring back to us in new formats and that's awesome and they're now i think what two weeks in and getting close to the last two weeks of that kickstarter so if you want to be in receipt of some amazing uh classic (laughs) game tunes then get your backside into kickstarter and search for uncle art and then we've got the science fiction comedy podcast To rival Dockers. Well, actually, to probably blow Dockers out of the water with a 7k per episode budget. And that is Strangeness in Space, brought to you by those famous 90s pant swingers, Trevor and Simon. (laughs) And um, it's something I definitely have backed, and I think, I really hope they, well, it looks like they're going to make it, and that we'll get a nice new free-to-listen-to science fiction podcast while we wait for the amazing Escape Velocity to return.
3: <laughs> full hint you, I'm, there.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad someone's still waiting for it. <laughs> well, I think there's a few people are, and you know, it, to be fair as well, you know, I, I, I'm, the the 24/7 feed does feature uh, the Escape Velocity episodes every week. There was this week we did feature a a bumper three-hour second season extravaganza, which was all five episodes all in one block, which um, I'm sure you know one or two listeners would have would have loved. In terms of what's there and you know yeah we do we do sort of go through them as uh as we can so yeah you know i mean obviously chris i think you you need to you know to to uh to, to sort of know that yeah everybody wants to scope velocity back but um we'll see when when there's time and when there's inclination i think that's the uh uh the need isn't it in terms of what uh, what's going on
3: well it's frontier I'm waiting on really because uh, yeah <laughs> cause the, the new licensing thing they send out and you know
0: that yeah, obviously
3: exactly. affects
0: me, so... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll uh, watch this space, and hopefully something will come through in terms of what we do. All right. I think that's everything. So I'm going to say some of the usuals. Episode's over. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at info at com, Facebook slash Radio at Radio on Twitter, or you can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozza 101 to your... You can join the TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out in chat, but, of course, it's a little bit wobbly at the moment. Uh, Leveradio.teamspeak3.com. And thank you to everyone here. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, John, for guiding me through once again, because, obviously, my playing time is rubbish. Thanks to all the commanders outside Lave Station and Colin for, for listing those. And hopefully you can all fly safe. And if you can't fly safe, then flight dangerous.
3: sai